0: So I wanted to say a thank you for last night. We had our ladies' Christmas party at my house. We had 20 ladies there, and then we had three teenage girls running around in the basement having a good time, too. Um, And uh, thank you all. Um, It was a great time. And I'm thankful for that. And I wanted to thank you all for your generosity and your gift to me. It's uh, more than I deserve, but thank you. You are appreciated.
1: Right, I want to thank you too because when I got home, the house was still standing, so that was good. <laughs> there was only a small fire in the kitchen, but other than that, <laughs> no, it's good. They had a good time. Um, we, that'll lead us in. We have a quick announcement. I guess men's meetings the 17th. That'll be here at the church. So if we burn this down, I guess it won't be my house. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that'll be five o'clock on the 17th. So you can mark that on your calendar. I was handed a note today. Uh-oh, Joe's been back at it, if you remember a while back. <laughs> We've got Maybe just a little joke. We'll see how little it is, right? All right, here we go. It says, honk if you love Jesus. Have you ever seen that sticker? Yeah. And it says, text while driving if you want to meet him. There you go. So. <laughs> a lot of truth to that. <laughs> Um, do remember uh, Wednesday night, seven o'clock. Here will be a Bible study, six thirty prayer service. I think Lisa has the Bible study up here for adults this week. Oh, changed to Glenda. All right, Glenda has it. And then if you look at the bullet, or at yeah, at the bulletin at the bottom there, April had such a good time with the Christmas party. She put it on there again. So the ladies' Christmas party. <laughs> she's, she's trying to have two parties. So <laughs> we gotta watch her. There you go. That's all right. That's all right. Brother Craig. Yeah. On that night, on Saturday, the men's group, uh, they're having a, a dinner here and then a, a Bible study. Is that right, Everett? Yeah. Dinner followed by a Bible study at 5 o'clock. All right. Okay. Any other announcements? Anything anyone needs to mention? Good, all right. Let's all stand. We'll uh, begin this morning with a time of prayer. Um, A few prayer requests were mentioned during Sunday school. Remember uh, Sister Winchester, she's not feeling well. She's been sick, I guess, for a little bit on and off this week. So remember her. Is there anything else? Yeah, Joe. All right. Remember Joe's friend, Paul. All right. That's right. Mhm. Yeah, let's remember Paul. Is there another hand? No. Unspoken requests? Raise your hand. We'll uh, pray this morning, and then we're going to go right into worship, and we'll have uh, an offering time later at the end of service. So, it'll be a little different this morning. But let's all pray. God, we come to you at this time, Lord, just thanking you, God, for the opportunity to be here this morning. God, and be in your house, Lord. God, we know that you know each and every request, God, and each and every request, today.
0: I've got joy. He gave me beauty for ashes. He turned my life around. He broke my chains, and now I dance on solid ground. For all He's done to save me, I will raise my voice. I've got Jesus, so I've got joy. And it may take a little bit to get real comfortable with it, but just worship the Lord and let's be thankful for our salvation and the joy and security we have in Him. Amen.
2: Storm got strength in the battle. Turn hey.
0: for you, Father. Hallelujah. You are so faithful to us, God, to walk through us with every situation, Lord. And Father, we know that when we place our life in your hands, it is truly in good hands, and we can trust you, Lord. We can trust you, Father, and we thank you for your faithfulness to us this morning. Amen. Amen. You can be seated as Bishop Smith comes.
3: Amen, amen. Good morning. It's so good to be back with you again today. Uh, I trust that I have your prayers this morning. Uh, it sure be a bad thing to mess up wonderful singing with a bad sermon. So <laughs> it's just been a powerful day already. I, I was so blessed by uh, the Sunday school lesson and our fellowship together and our. Just our comfort in the presence of the Lord. I, I feel him here today, and it's it's great to be back with you. Uh, we certainly have been on a journey together here with our local church, and uh, I wanted to begin by taking an opportunity to commend those that you placed in the responsible positions of serving as uh, your pastoral committee. Would, would Those that served on that committee, would you stand this morning? Uh, that would be Sister Nagel, Sister April... Uh, Brother Rudy, Brother Derryberry, and Brother Harold, would you would you appreciate them this morning? <laughs> while while I am somewhat new in this role, we have uh, such a a transition in pastoral ministries that I have uh, been involved in this process now many times, and and I want you to know that these folks were so wonderful and diligent in seeking the will of the Lord and the favor of this local church. And, I, you know, these are not just words today. Thank each of you so much for, for your compassion and desire to hear the Lord and to bless this church. It was a delight to work with, and uh, it just kind of come to my attention as uh, I was waiting, uh, you know, when service was starting, that one of our visits here, how Cynthia and I had conversations a bit about this, how blessed we were to uh, see how this church rallied around Brother Winchester, and they would escort him up here on the stage. And I, I was just thinking about how that they carried the Apostle John uh, to bring forth the word. Uh, you know, history shares that about him and uh, how inspiring it was to see you uh, to care for one that had served so long. And then as I was thinking, it, it, uh, my mind, uh, was, it really wasn't wandering. I was focused here today. But my my very first sermon that I ever preached in my Ministry life was at Summit Street. Uh, your pastor was Jim Eskew, and he took a risk on a young, freshly called minister and invited me over to Summit Street to preach the gospel. And uh, it, it, uh, that I preached 55 minutes that night for my first sermon, and uh, I was back the next night and I preached five minutes. And so. <laughs> So I've kind of learned, you know, try to settle somewhere there in the middle. But Brother Eskew, thank you so much for taking a chance on me. And uh, I love the Church of God of Prophecy. Uh, I have been so blessed by our congregations throughout the world. Uh, It's just a feeling of home. And uh, again, for this congregation that, well, it's not an extension. It's a continuation of the wonderful congregation there at Summit Street Thank you all so much. Um, I feel warm in my heart today. I feel excited about what the lord 's doing. Uh, he has blessed our life with so many miracles. I shared in Sunday school as we were preparing to give praise about the miracle this past week of giving us a landing site for our regional convention It'll be taking place August third through the fifth in Springfield, Missouri uh, at the Oasis Convention Center. Your pastor and this church will be receiving much information about that moving forward, but I just wanted to give you all the first invite. You guys are the first ones to get an official invitation from the regional bishop to be with us at our convention in Springfield, Missouri. I want my uh, wife, Stan Cynthia, would you stand? Would you just greet the church? You can greet them from there, or if you want to come up here and preach a little bit, you can do that too. (laughs) Thank, thank you, Cynthia. Um, I want to welcome you today, and, and for those that are joining us online and at home, we're so glad that you're with us today. Uh, we extend an invitation for you that is joining us online to be with us in person next Sunday. But for you that are here today, I, I feel very confident and comfortable in what the Lord's given in the way of the Word for today. Uh, certainly, though, when, when it comes to delivering the counsel and the Word of God, uh, you need His anointed presence, and all of us together, uh, we want to hear the word of the Lord. Oftentimes, when we gather on Sunday mornings, if we're not careful, the enemy, as the Jesus described in parables, uh, would like to come and attempt to steal the word out of your heart. And so our mind wanders, and so it's important that we just pull all of our collective resources in here together, and we sit in the presence of the Lord and hear His word. I want to challenge us or really encourage us today with the thought of the precepts, principles, and practices of lifted hands. Now, that big title came to me this morning. I've been working on this sermon for about two weeks. And as I said, I feel very good that the Lord's given us a word. And uh, my heart is stirred today. I may cry a little bit, may rejoice a little bit, but I certainly feel the unction of the Holy Ghost and it's good to be with you today. I want to thank the church for allowing me the gift, the privilege of uh, sharing from the pulpit today. Uh, the gift are or, or the, the precepts, principles, and practices of lifted hands. Uh, years ago, uh, my, my son was uh, about four years old at, at that time. And my, I had a, my brother pastored in Denver, Colorado, and we made a trip out to visit him. We were going to take in a pastor's conference, and then I was going to do a little bit of snow skiing, and then my son traveled with me for the first time, and it was his first time really in in the Wild West, and one day Roger and I, we were out shopping, and we went by a pawn shop, and while we were there, I saw this this great little pair of cowboy boots, and I'm thinking, Oh, Michael will love these and so I uh I bought them for him and we went back to Roger's house and uh called Michael into the room and uh when I showed him those cowboy boots his face lit up and he ran back into our bedroom and was going to try them on and it took him a while to come out and in a little bit he he came out and uh he he said I can't get them on and and when I tried to put them on, you know, of course I got the wrong size and they wouldn't fit him. And so I told him, I said, I'm I'm going to have to take him back, Michael. And he just immediately burst into tears and he went back in the room. And and it wasn't too long he came back out and he had him on his hands. And he says, Daddy, they fit my hands fine. (laughs) Well, of course, you know, that meant another trip to the pawn shop. And went back and got him a pair that fit. And I don't think he took them off for a week. In fact, he had them on. We got back home. But there is something to be said about what fits with what your hands should do, and there's some things that don't fit. And um, what, an, what a what a great thought that's presented in worship songs and in the scriptures that we were really created with lifted hands to worship the creator of the universe. And there are probably many thoughts when you hear the phrase lifting up hands, you know, um, some say, well, it's a sign of surrender. If you lift your hands like this, it's a sign of surrender and if you turn them the other way it's a sign of supplication uh you you hear or you see in sports that that uh with, that they uh raise their hands in victory and maybe it's more like this there there are often maybe some images that come to your mind when i say the phrase about lifting up hands but there's nothing that blesses me more i think centers more upon the truth when we talk about lifting up holy hands in the presence of the Lord. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, if you would, I'm going to ask that you turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 17 and verse, I believe that's 72. I don't know did I, if I gave you the right one or not. So if, if you have your Bibles and are there with me, and I'm going to ask Cynthia to get ready and stand and pray for us uh, once that we read the scripture. It's actually verse 12, Exodus chapter 17, verse 12. All right, we have it on the screen. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on the one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Cynthia, would you pray for us? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, so there, are th- there are three areas that today that I want to um, share before you that I feel like that the Lord is encouraging us and challenging us as a local church how to go forward. Uh, sometimes I believe that when uh, a minister stands in the pulpit and says words of encouragement, that they, they sometimes may come across as not sincere or genuine, less than genuine, and and i hope that what i'm getting ready to say does not come across that way because it's as sincere as i believe and that is that i i am really excited about what god has planned to do here at north brighton when i when i think of all the faithful men and women through the years in the past that have labored to bring the church to this point and what i've witnessed in our journey with being here these few short times it gives me great encouragement that God is really up to something big, bigger than you can imagine, bigger than you can dream, and bigger than I can even think about it. And just that we have some small role in that, again, is very humbling. And, and so when I think about uh, the the principles, the precepts, and the practices of lifted hands... The first area here is going to be a little bit different and it's a message that as a pastor that I don't know that I could have ever preached because it would be a little bit self-promoting and it would be difficult for a pastor to talk about it in, that, in those veins. But the, the principle of lifting up the hands that are holy... Now, when, when we sing that song and lift up holy hands to the Lord, we're we're really singing about ourselves, and that's absolutely accurate. But what I'm getting ready to preach about is a little bit different than that, and, and that is lifting up the holy hands of leadership. The passage that I chose to use in the book of Exodus, you probably are all familiar with that, where uh, as long as Moses' hands were raised, uh, Israel prevailed. When he grew weary from raising and lifting his hands. Israel would not prevail. And so his father-in-law hit upon an idea. Well, let's get some help, encouragement. And they came and they raised his hands and Israel prevailed. Now, there's a key word in that passage when I talk or in this title about lifting holy hands. In in the scripture, when when you come across the word holy... Uh, If you had any kind of study helps in the Greek and Hebrew and look at this word, the word holy really is a, it's a determination by the Lord that he determines if it's holy. And you see that best in the Old Testament tabernacle. Uh, For example, if you can imagine with me or think with me that what they would typically do is that there would be a tinker that would be hired to, uh, to make brass vessels to be used for whatever purposes, in your home or the tabernacle. And and so the the tabernacle priesthood, they they would conscript someone to fashion them a a pot that would perhaps be used to collect the blood that would gather off the altar when the animals were sacrificed. And so this tinker that perhaps at home would have fashioned a vessel to be used for boiling water uh, out of brass, and he would make that, But in the same vein, he would fashion a a, a like vessel that would be used for the temple. And this vessel that was made out of the same material, the very same tinker, the very same design, this vessel now would be a holy vessel. Anything that was used in the service of the Lord, the Lord would make this claim that this is mine and it is holy unto me. And so these vessels that look just alike that perhaps even serve the same purpose. All of a sudden, one is called holy and the other is normal. And so hang with me here. I see some real puzzling looks. Where are you going with that, Brother Smith? So just stay with me here and pray with me also. So when it comes to what we do in the church of placing pastors, we have long felt... That this is God's business, and it, and we're better off if we kind of leave it alone and let God take the lead. And when we can kind of hear what He's saying, we just jump right in and say, "We've heard God, and so we're going to go with that." And so it's in, it's in the same sense where we find the word in the Scripture, the word sanctified. Uh, and, and certainly we believe and preach sanctification still. But that word sanctified again in its very connotation means set aside for the service of God. That's At its very simplest definition, that would mean that God says that one's mine and, and it's sanctified for my use and it's sanctified for my purpose and it belongs to me. So that is in the sense in which we look at the role of pastors if you have your Bibles, follow with me to the book of Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4, and I think I jumped one ahead of you there. But if you would uh, look in Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm, I think I'm going to wait for you all to get that up there. Okay. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. You can follow along with me. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some Pastors and teachers. I'm going to pause just right there if you go back to that verse for just a minute. This is the only place in the New Testament where you find the word pastor. And again, if you had uh, Bible helps and a commentary or a, uh, 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 a Greek dictionary, you would find out that the word pastor here literally translates to the word shepherd. It appears nowhere else in the New Testament, I think maybe eight times in the Old Testament, but it's the only place in the New Testament where this word is used for for pastors. All the other places you find the word bishop is usually where you interject for the word pastor. And in that role, it means superintendent or one that oversees the affairs of the church. But in this passage, where God gives to the church, he gives the church a shepherd, someone that's going to take care of the flock. And so go on to the next verse now, if you will. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Next verse. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Next verse. I almost feel like one of those old-time preachers. Read, so... uh, "...from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love." So here, here's what I'm sharing with us today is that there is a principle in the, in the Bible that it's easy to follow and you can see it in many settings where God says, "...when I call a man, that man is mine." Uh, Again, uh, mamas don't call preachers, Uh, churches don't call preachers, No, no matter how much a person may desire, oh I'd love to be a preacher. God says that's my business and I am the only one that calls preachers. But what a tremendous thing that God would speak into the life of a man or a woman and he would literally set them aside or set them apart and said this is mine. He belongs to me or she is mine and, and what I do with them is my business. And so a minister of the gospel is led by the Spirit, Spirit led to do the work and the will of God. Now, this vessel, all of a sudden, that is the same person before they were called, you don't change hair color or don't change stature or nothing changes about you except that now you're called of God and God says, you are mine. Doesn't mean that you're any smarter doesn't mean that you're any more filled with the Holy Spirit than anybody else. It doesn't mean that all of a sudden there are a great many more giftings placed in you. The only difference is, is that God says, This one is mine, and I'm going to use them for my glory. I'm going to bless the church because of them. I'm going to pour into them. I'm going to speak through them, and this one is mine. Now, the principles that follow with that in the Bible are, are also pretty simple, And easy to follow. David understood this when he came up on Saul. And there was an impulse that, you know, get rid of this guy and get yourself in position. And David said, oh, no, there is a principle that we don't touch the anointed of God because he's God's. He was quoting the book of Psalms where the scripture says, don't touch my anointed or lay a hand on my prophet. That because those belong to me and you're better off to leave the things of God alone. Even in the case of Saul where He was not doing the best. When God says this one is mine, he means I know how to take care of him if he does good or if he does bad. But he's my business and so you let him alone. And the only thing that we need to do is to find a way to bless what God has chosen and called holy. And that's the example that we see in the case of Moses where Jethro being inspired said, we need to come alongside the man of God and help him and lift him up and raise his hands so that we all prevail together. And that's the truth of the passage in the book of Ephesians that God doesn't give pastors and teachers uh, to make them grand people and everybody applaud them and pat them on the back but God gives pastors and teachers to equip the church and bring the church together and bless them and lead them forward. Amen. Now, no one's running and shouting yet, uh, but it's still a good word. It's the truth. So the Scripture talks very clearly again about what where we fit into this with what God is called, and that is that, we, we are to take care and bless what God has called. And, in, in fact, there's scripture in the Old Testament says that when you take care of a prophet that you get the prophet's reward and that when this life is all over and, and your pastor and your previous pastor stand before God and they are rewarded in the, in the kingdom to come for all their faithfulness and preaching and the souls that have been saved and the lives that have been changed, if you sowed into that ministry and blessed that man of God or bless that woman of God, the same reward belongs to someone that favors what God has says this one is mine. Now that, I, sometimes that just that blows me away that God will allow us to be a part of that. The scriptures that we may be somewhat more familiar with in the New Testament is that uh, by example or illustration, the New Testament says, don't muzzle the ox of the one that treads the corn. And it's speaking certainly in taking care of preachers of the gospel. And so what that's simply saying is that when, when a minister is called of God to come and serve in that role, you take care of them and you take care of their natural needs because they are called to take care of your spiritual needs. That's an example that goes all the way back to the Old Testament where the tribe of Levi, just like all the other tribes, but God said, this one's mine. And, and they, they have a special call on their life and so they're going to take care of you and in return, you are going to take care of them. Praise the Lord. <laughs> there is just something so wonderful and amazing about God, how that He has called this into play and called this to work. And the only way that a church really moves forward is by lifting holy hands. Lifting up the hands of those. That, again because God said this is my business. And when we hit upon the one that God has placed. What we do is we bless what God has said. We don't curse what God has done. Because then we have the examples in the Old Testament of Elisha. You remember Elisha? They were mocking the, the prophet of God. And Elisha called two bears down. They wiped out the, this, uh, this group of young people that were making fun of the bald-headed prophet. And it's the same principle and precept. God said, this is mine and don't you mess with it. It belongs to me. I'd like to ask the Dameron's to come before the church today and I've already kind of I don't know if you told your wife or not but if you just set two chairs here if someone could help us here or with well, just two chairs maybe right out here in the middle and they're going to they're going to sit through the rest of my sermon and look at you guys. <laughs> Okay, I want them forward just a little bit here, Brother Nagel. Okay. Just pull them forward a little bit. I want someone to have room to stand behind. Okay. So, so, again, you know, I'm not used to kind of doing commercials in the middle of my sermons and breaking it up here. <laughs> So I want to get back on track here. I feel so excited about this truth that for me as a pastor, I could never preach. You know, can you imagine me preaching, hey, you guys need to take care of me and uh, you need to give me good offerings. You need to tithe me right and pray for me and hold my hands up. That's a little bit difficult. But now that I am in this role, it's easy to preach this great truth of the scripture that when we bless what God has blessed, favor comes on us. When, when we honor and recognize God's calling and God's choice, blessings and favor come on. We see that in the, in the truth about tithing, that when, when uh, God says something belongs to me uh, in, this, in, the, in the truth about tithing of our income, God says 10% of that is mine, and it's set aside. And even in the book of Malachi, you read that that is called holy unto the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so what happens when you are faithful in honoring what God said belongs to me, He blesses the remainder. And so the 90% of you're a tither, boy, you can really amen me here on this, that the 90% of faithful tithe income, God makes that go so much further than someone that doesn't tithe and just have all kinds of struggles. And it's that same principle all through the scriptures that God says, things that belong to me, if you honor that, I will favor you. All of your days, I will honor that and bless you. And then in the book of Malachi, you read that, if you don't do that, you are cursed. It's like you you make money and your wage is put in a bag with holes in it. It just doesn't happen again if you curse that or deny that or make fun of that or reject what God has put in place. Now... Uh, Praise the Lord. So, so again, you know, uh, I, I, and I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here because this church is just so uh, adamant in your approach about we really want to hear God and go forward together. So, again, the, the first part of this when I when I'm preaching today about the precepts, principles, and practical uh, practices of lifted hands is that we, this church for us to move forward, we have to go forward in the vein of where God is calling us and God is leading us. And so we want to rally around the leadership of this local church. We want to raise the hands of our leaders and honor God. Uh, there are many reasons why that we do that. But first and foremost, when we raise hands like this, it means that we are recognizing there is a higher authority in this church than me. There is a higher authority in this church than flesh and blood. And that is that this, church is his church. It was not purchased with, with anything short of his blood and for it to go forward we've got to rally around where God is calling and leading. Praise the Lord. So the, the second area that I believe that uh, for a church to be a kingdom building church a community changing church and a church that pleases and honor God is that we have to be a church that lifts the hands of one another. Uh Sister Lisa, I, I don't. You know, uh, would you come and sit here at the piano? I would have you sit out here, but I'm probably going to need you at the piano later, and I just wouldn't want you flip flopping back and forth from chairs. Uh, I, I chose Sister Lisa for this because, you know, uh, just what little I've seen of her life is that she just always seems to be there, whatever you need. And there are so many others here I, I could have chose, but because she's going to be playing the piano later, it just kind of really is fitting here. Uh, uh, I, I wanted uh, to share a little bit, uh, something with you uh, to illustrate this. Um, so think with me ab- about, i ask you the question, uh, what is the goal of playing football? Win. Uh, to win. Okay, yes. It's, some would say, well, you know, of course winning. And then there, you know, there's even a... Clearer point than winning, you you think about scoring points. You know, you have to score more points than your opponent to win. And so, you know, you you think of how points are in football. You score a touchdown It's six points, uh, three points for a field goal, one point for an extra point unless you uh, uh, run it across or pass it across, and it's two points. So what if I told you about a man that played football for 14 years in the NFL and he never missed a game? Uh, Four years in college, four years in high school, and he never scored a single touchdown nor made a a single point. And yet he's recognized as one of the greatest football players that ever played in almost any team today. If If they could get him in his prime, they'd probably maybe be a number one pick. And that man's name is Will Shields. You all may remember him, right tackle. right tackle. What he did, his position, is that he he protected blindside or he protected you on the side. So, so what? Um, um, think with me. Imagine with me. If the Lord could place somebody in your life that took care of your blind side or your blind spots or your weaknesses that was always there for you. It is that principle that we find in the New Testament. We call them the one-anothers of the New Testament. If you have your Bibles with you today, if you could turn with me, uh, we, want, we want to look at Romans chapter 15, verse 1. And, and this is just one of many, many, many verses in the New Testament. In fact, if you would like a substitute word for the church, you could almost use the word "one another." We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak, and not to please ourselves. So again, when I'm when I'm challenging us today, uh, the Hope Through Grace Fellowship about moving forward, where I believe the Holy Ghost is calling us, the hands that we have to raise are the hands of one another that we need spiritual will shields for all of us surrounding us and coming us together. The Scripture talks about loving one another. In, In fact, in the New Testament, one of the remarkable testimonies about the New Testament that they beheld, they said how they loved one another. It was uncommon. No one can love you like that. But that is what the Lord says. This is my body, my church. And if you're going to act like that, one of the things that we have to perfect What we have to get right is that we have to learn how to love one another. And when that is working in a local church... You don't need to post on your website about when your services are. And, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that and we ought to do that. You don't need to advertise anyway. When when you love, when you begin loving like the New Testament church loved and we are knit together and we are one and we protect one another, I'm telling you, word will spread in such a way that you will literally need to make plans tomorrow to start building your new building. I'm just saying again. The scripture says that we are called to do this. We are called to lift the hands of one another. Another passage of the scripture again that that we are called to encourage one another. Uh, we 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 are we are called to pray for one another. We we are we are called to um, uh, really to admonish one another, to exhort one another, to prefer one another. The list goes on and on and on. But I believe that you get the picture if we're really going to be a Christ-exalting, kingdom-conquering, community-blessing church, we've got to get this right and we've got to get this together and we've got to come together in such a way that everybody is preferred. Uh, to me, it, all, it almost would look comical if we get this right where, you know, when you see someone getting ready to enter a, uh, in a doorway and they, say, oh, you go first. No, no, you go first. No, you go first. And they stand there for 10 minutes arguing about who gets to go through the door church and it, uh, the door first. And if a church gets this right, it's almost like that that we're stumbling over. Oh, you're the best. No, you're the best. Oh, no, no, you're the most important part. No, you're the best part of this church. That's what church should look like. And that's what we should feel like when we come here, that we are overwhelmed. And, and I certainly have felt that from this local church, that uh, we, we love because He first loved us. And when that begins to be experienced in us and flows out, it changes our life. It changes, again, how that we re-gift love uh, to a community that so desperately needs Him. So, lifting the hands of one another... So if you're still with me today, um, the the precepts, principles and practices of lifted hands that we need to practice the scriptural truth of lifting holy hands, the holy hands that God has said are holy, not not that I called them to be holy, uh, not that you called them to be holy, but God said, this is mine. And so how that we are the most blessed by that is coming alongside and raising up the hands surrounding the leadership of the church, that we are are in this together. We believe that God gave you to equip us, to bless us, to encourage us, to feed us, to shepherd us, so that we can all grow together to look like Jesus Christ. Secondly, we believe that that the the precepts and practices and principles of lifted hands involves lifting the hands of one another. Because the reality is, is that there are many times in life that we go through... And we just don't have the strength to lift our own hands. And we need those that the Lord has placed in our life, in our community, in our fellowship to come alongside us and bear our burdens when we are indeed weak. What a beautiful thing that the Lord's arranged that. The third and and last area that I believe that I want to share about today is lifting our own hands. Um, Cynthia, would you come up here and stand? She gets to stand the rest of the sermon. (laughs) She's hoping this is a five-minute sermon rather than a 55-minute one. <laughs> so I want to share a scripture again just to uh, get this thought before us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees. And that's just kind of right in the middle. Um, uh, that I want to take this verse out of context. But certainly it is a scripture that it's talking about exhorting and challenging yourself. David, when he lost his son, there's a beautiful passage of Scripture where he encouraged himself. There's there's a lot to be said, again, about the principle in the New Testament about always being mindful of how good the Lord's been to us. No matter what life throws your way, uh, in Thessalonians we're reminded that in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Cynthia is indeed the most joyful person I know. Uh, she is not putting on airs in front of you. This is how she is. Uh, a lot of people describe her, and I'm, I'm going to embarrass her, and I'll have to deal with this later at home today. She is like this all the time. A lot of people describe her as being full of energy. Very, give, stand. I'm, I'm the preacher right now. You don't want to mess with... no. <laughs> A better, more appropriate word than being full of energy is that she's full of joy. Uh, I I have been married to her over 40 years now, known her longer than that. Cynthia literally doesn't have a bad day. Now, she has, just like everyone else, has had loss and tragedy, but Cynthia is always full of joy. She has found a way to encourage herself, and she's always joyful. Uh, A saying, our kids know this, if you've known Cynthia any length of time, you've heard it from her if this is the worst thing that happens today, today's going to be a good day. So no matter what happens, again, and what a great what a great scriptural approach to life. Now I know life happens, and I know that even in church that life happens. I know that sometimes again that people aren't treated fairly and right, but there is a great truth principle, precept in the scripture about it really doesn't matter. All that is trivial compared to what the Lord has done in your life and of all people we should find a way to rejoice and rather than come into church or come into our fellowship and our community and our hands hanging down well you know you don't know what so and so said or so and so done we should come in full of thankful hearts and rejoicing in the presence and the sight of the Lord for God indeed is good and he is good all the time. And so when we're preaching today and and encouraging today about the precepts and the principles and the practices of lifted hands, again, we want to be mindful that the Lord has called us to lift the hands of those that he's placed in our life to lead us forward and build this church. He has called us to lift the hands of one another that we have to understand we are in this together. No matter what, we are not isolated. If you ever get a chance to, to look up a video, uh, it's called "Battle: The Battle at Kruger. It's a great video online about a, uh, about the, the concept of, of herd mentality and what a church should look like, that we all come together to defend one another, that we really ought to be the wheel shields for everybody else in this church, that I'm going to take care of you. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm going to bear your burdens. I'm going to make sure that you're not overrun by the enemy. And we're called to do that. And we are called to express an attitude that is different than the world has. As we go through life, there's got to, it's got to look different when you're a believer. I love what it was shared today about Sister Nagel, I think was our, Well, whoever was sharing about the funerals. Was that you, Sister Nagel? Yes, okay, about the funerals. What a difference it means to have Jesus and how different that ought to look in your life. Whether you get a diagnosis of cancer... You can get those as a believer, but it's not the same outlook as someone that doesn't know Christ. And so no matter what comes our way, let's lift up our hands that hang down and let's strengthen our feeble knees and let's give and live in the joy of the Lord if we're going to change a community and change the world for Jesus Christ. So this, this sermon is almost over. That was a good place for a hallelujah amen. So... <laughs> So I, I thought though that we would we would end this on a very practical way to give support to the scripture, not not to my sermon, not not to my words. If I haven't shared truth with you, then don't follow that up with any kind of accolades or approval. But I I feel confident that I've shared the word of God with you today. Uh, today is first Sunday. It's the Sunday that you have typically all in our past we honor our pastors. We give them an offering. So today we're placing a new pastor. Uh, to help lead this church forward, the, the Hope Through Grace Fellowship, and that is Arnold and Barbara Dameron. I'd like to call our deacons forward, if you would, Brother Rudy and Brother Brother Jacobs and Brother Derryberry. I'd like one of you on each side. They, they are going to represent the holding up of the hands of our leadership. Uh, you all are called to do this, but if you would, one just stand on each side here of them. And you don't have to lift their hands, but if you want to, you can do that too. Uh, And uh, do we have ushers, or are you guys also the ushers? We're going to receive a love offering for our pastor today and his wife. Now, this um, this is just one small way that the Scripture says that you lift their hands. There's another Scripture that you may be familiar with where we are reminded... ...that the laborer is worthy of his hire. And again, this certainly speaks about those that serve in the ministry of the word of the Lord. Brother Nagel, would you come today, would you serve as an usher? And uh, let's see, oh, and I'm sorry, I don't... Brother Joe, Brother Joe, if you'd serve as an usher. Sister Lisa, if you have some music for us, our offering today goes towards our pastor. And today as a reminder, maybe you never thought of it in this way, but it's certainly scriptural... That this is one way that you endorse that I lift the hands of that which the Lord has called holy. It's holy unto the Lord. What you give today again is holy unto the Lord. And it serves as a reminder again, let me share once again with you, that when, when you take care of the prophet of God or the man of God and bless that, then you receive the prophet's reward. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have called the Damrins. Lord, the calling to preach the gospel is upon their life And that's from your unction, Lord, not ours. We had nothing to do with that. But this is the vessel that you've called and chosen and set aside. And so we bless them today. We thank you for them. And we are so honored and blessed to give to that which belongs to you. And we give thanks today in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. God bless you, ushers, if you go right ahead and receive the offering this morning. The church, will you stand with me all over the building this morning? We're, we are going to look now at the second part of this about that we're called to lift the hands of one another. So, Brother Jacobs and Brother Dareberry, if you just kind of clasped her hands. And what I'm going to ask you to do now, church, when we think about the one and of the scripture, Sister Lisa is representing that for us. And maybe a couple of you sisters want to come back around here. Here, uh, I don't know that you can grab her hands because we need them free to play the piano but I want, you to, I want you to get an image of this so that we're remembering about the precepts and the practices and principles of lifted hands. Cynthia, if you could get right here. here, If you could find someone near you that you could clasp their hand, maybe something like this, and hold them up together. Uh, just grab their hand and hold them up. Again, we're doing... Sister Lisa is representative of, of someone that just, whatever you need, she's got you covered. And that's, that's, the, that's the image that's presented in the New Testament of what the church should look like. That I've got, I've got it for you. I'm praying for you. I'm encouraging you. I'm edifying you. I, I am comforting you. I, I am praying for you. Uh, all the one another others of Scripture, we're we're doing that. And so, with raised clasped hands today, that we are in this together. We are members one of another. Uh, we are we are pasted together. We are glued together in the body. We are fitly joined, compacted in every way, placed together by the Holy Spirit. And we're called to be an advancing church that touches the community. And how we do this is by displaying the love one to another. So pray for the person beside you as we go forward together as one. We give thanks today, Lord. We honor you and we bless your name. Praise God. We worship you, Lord, again, that you have placed us in the body as it pleased you. We are not here by accident, Lord. Lord, this is not some coincidence, but we have been placed by the power of the Holy Ghost to be together. And, oh, Lord, in your name, we are moving forward together. Oh, we are going to conquer what you've given us, this land, this territory, because we belong to you, Lord. So we we will do this, Lord. We won't leave one behind. There won't be one straggler, Lord. We're going to bear one another's burdens. We're going to lift one another up because that's what you've called us to do. We praise you for the privilege of that, Lord. We bless you today, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. Praise God. We thank you in every way, Lord. You've been so good. Lord, you've blessed this church. You've brought us through battles, Lord, and you've given us the victory. We win, Lord, because you've won praise your name Lord so Lord we cover one another Lord with prayer Lord we pray for those that are wayward that you'd bring sons and daughters back home because they belong in our fellowship we are together Lord we pray again for this advancing church Lord that we will march in step we will be as one voice Lord we will be as one hand Lord we will be as one Lord just one church moving forward in your precious name Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. One last thing here with lifted hands. Uh, Attitude is almost everything is what we could say here. There's something about believing in Jesus Christ that encourages us. And so Cynthia today represents how we're moving forward. We're going forward giving thanks to God and everything's we're giving thanks. So if you're able, lift both hands. Sister Lisa, you got a song there we can praise the Lord with. You don't have to keep your hands up for all this, but we are praising God for great things He's done. God is good all the time and all the time God is good. He's been good to me. He's been good to you. He's He's good to this church. He's been good to our past. He'll be good in our tomorrows because God is good. That's what he does. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Give what remains of the service uh, to your pastoral family uh, I, I wanted him to have privilege every opportunity to greet you And then I would like for you to have moments to come by and greet them So it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you Brother Arnold and Sister Barbara Dameron Would you welcome them to Hope Through Grace Fellowship Praise the Lord
4: <laughs> if that's possible. Yeah. Trying to keep the man of God calm this morning was a little challenging. Like having a four-year-old, real nervous, you know. <laughs> okay, everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, but we're so thankful it. that yes. God has placed us again. Uh, he showed me this morning. Uh, he, he just said, "These are my sheep. Take care of them." And yeah. that's what we want to do. Amen. Yeah. And, and uh, we yeah. we have felt like uh, fish out of water. That's what we told our kids. You know, they, we have been going to a wonderful church and wonderful friends and family there, but it's not the same. It's not the same as what, when God's called you to be shepherds. Yeah. And uh, we're so honored that Bishop and Sister Cynthia have been our mentors. Uh, we fell in love with them the first time we met them, and we just knew in our heart and in our mind these are the two we follow this, this, these are, they are the ones we follow, and we're so thankful for it, and I'm, I'm um, so grateful, and we're going to try our best uh, to be good, we'll love you more than anything, you know, we'll be there for you, we'll love you more than anything, and uh, if, if, if one seems to be slacking, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> We've known each other since we were 10, so, you know, uh, uh, we've known each other quite some time, and uh, matter of fact, we celebrate 50 years this coming Thursday. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I look at him and think, well, you blessing has been you know <laughs> but the Lord's blessed us with three wonderful children grown children they're all doing wonderful they're all christians and we have eight grandchildren and they're all they all serve the lord too so you know the bible says that raise your children up in the way of the lord and they they will not stray from it and, and they have been raised all all eight of them have been raised that way and we're just so thankful for their children's obedience to do that to follow along with us in our paths, and uh, we're so thankful. And uh, I think I've said enough probably. <laughs> you good.
2: <Okay.
4: laughs> you can listen to me now. Oh, Lord.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, praise the Lord. We certainly do want to greet you in the name of Jesus. So thankful for Bishop and Miss Cynthia to be here today and uh, allow you to hear some things that, that is very comfortable coming from the pastoral point. Uh, But there are times when things need to be said, and I appreciate that, Bishop. I certainly do. Certainly want to uh, thank you all for welcoming us into the fold, so to speak. And I'm not here to to say very long, but I want to say just a couple things. In light of what Bishop was talking about, uh, you'll never, and I, I believe the Holy Spirit gave this to me while I was sitting there, you'll never find any more better protection than under the leadership that has been appointed by the chief shepherd. I'm an under-shepherd. I'm not the shepherd. I'm not the chief shepherd. But I feel that in my spirit. You'll never have any better protection than God sending someone who he sent. Who he sent. So I'm under him. So that's telling me that we'll have no better protection because of the appointments that he made. He knows things out there that we don't. So that encouraged me because now I'm protected. So I'm under that same protection. So we couldn't be in a better place than knowing that we are under the protection of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is our chief shepherd. Hallelujah. One scripture I want to read to you in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast. Hold on. I want you to hold on to what you already know. I want you to hold on to what you've already been taught You've had some great leaders bring you to this point. God bless them. God shed His grace on them. God bless them. Take care of them wherever they are because they have done a good job here. They have taught you. They have preached to you. They have prayed with you. I'm sure they've done funerals with you. They've instructed you. They've loved you. And you in return have loved them. So let's continue to remember those who are not with us anymore, but yet they're still with us in spirit. So we encourage you to, to uh, hold up those men and great, wonderful men that have come before I, or come before Barbara and I. But it says is hold on fast, the profession, or could we say, hold on to the confession of what you already know to do. Hold on to it. My son was a, a fullback when he played football. And I encouraged him all the time, all the time, you hold on to that football. You tuck that football back in your elbow and don't you let anybody pull that football out of your arm. And since he was in the seventh grade all the way through a senior in high school, he fumbled the ball one time. One time. And he was a fullback and he ran the ball quite often. But he got a hold of the precept of, i got to hold this thing. So as believers... As we go forward, don't do away with what you already know. Hold on to what you already know and add it to what we're going to experience from here on out. Can you say amen? Hold on to that profession. Hold on to that confession that brought you here this far. Hold on to what you know to be true. It's God and God alone that's going to invade you sometimes into your private places. And He's going to begin to speak to us about we may need to stretch just a little. I'm not preaching. I'm not. I need to quit. It's dangerous to give this to a preacher. I, uh, And you'll find out that Barb and I are very hands-on pastors. We don't sit back. We like to be a part. We like to know what our sheep are doing and be a part of what they are doing. Amen. You'll learn about us, but you're going to learn about, and we're going to learn about you. I told Sister Sunny today, I remembered her name. I said, give me a little time. I will learn your names. And you can call me Brother Arnold. You can call me Arnold. You can call me Pastor D. You can call me what you want to, but don't you dare call me late for anything that you're doing here. (laughs) Because I want to be a part of it. I want to encourage you with these words. And whoever does the copying here, you know, on a copy machine, I would like to have some of these made off because I want you to have one of these. I read this just about every day. Because it encourages me. You know, there's not one person in this room this morning that does not need to be encouraged. Come on, somebody. Come on. Everybody in here, you need to be encouraged. Pastor, you just don't know. I don't. I'm not always going to be with you personally. But Barb and I will be within a phone call away. We even found a place seven minutes from this church, and I'm believing the landlord's going to let me have that place. Glory, Pleasant Valley, I think it's called. So, don't you love that Pleasant Valley? Oh yeah, his name is uh, Ken Praise Water. Water, yeah, Praise Water. He said, preacher, you won't believe this. The last guy that lived here was a preacher. He stayed here five years, and then he retired and went to Florida. I said, well, good for him. (laughs) You know? So, uh, Anyway, listen, this is for you, from Barb and I. We encourage you this word. This will work for you any time in your life. You just need to remember it. And that's why I want you to have a copy of this. Pull it out of your Bible. Read it. Read it to others. Read it to yourself, because you... Are blessed. You are somebody. When the body of Christ. Wakes up and realizes. Who they are in Christ. You're on your way. To victory. Amen. Remember. What you're made of. You're undefeatable. Don't you love that word. Goodness sakes. Remember. What you're made of. You're undefeatable. Because you have the spirit of God. Within you. And he will never be beaten. God said, I will surely, surely deliver them into your hand. Don't let the bigness of anything intimidate you. Stand within the power and might of God that you have within you. He's the source of your anointing. And through that, he has given you the courage of David, the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Samson, the favor of Ruth, because of the anointing that is within you, you have the faithfulness of Abraham, the discernment of Deborah the judge, the excellence of Daniel, the perseverance of the Apostle Paul. See, the priest is getting ready to come on you. You just got to be careful when you hear these things about you. Whoa! Glory to God. You have to get used to that now, I'm telling you. The woo part. Just get used to it. Amen. The favor of Ruth. Because of the anointing that is within you, you have the faithfulness of Abraham. The discernment of Deborah the judge. The excellence of Daniel. The perseverance of the Apostle Paul. The willingness of Peter within your spirit is the bravery of Esther. The vision of Isaiah. The compassion of the good Samaritan. Your anointing brings up within you the endurance of Job. The leadership of Moses. The determination of Joshua. Can you say amen? And the power of Jesus Christ. The enemy cannot win against you just as he could not win against them. You are undefeatable through the Spirit of God within you. The enemy is not able to intimidate you enough to make you stop when you recognize who it is that's on the inside of you. Can you say amen? Whoa! Glory to God! Let's stand. We're done. Hallelujah! Glory! i <laughs> about to excite myself. <laughs> of course, that don't take much. <laughs> amen. Who do I turn this over to now? Who's in charge? Well, oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, glory. (laughs) Well, um, oh, we can say this. Barbara and I will be here Wednesday. We'll be here Wednesday. You already have the month schedule of who's doing what, and I think I just ought to abide by what you've already scheduled. No, 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 that's fine, because I want to hear some of you. And then the first Sunday in January... Is what I'm going to call Vision Sunday. So between now and then, let's pray. And if Barb and I were to ever ask for anything, just pray for us. And then God will take care of the rest. Pray for us. Transition is never easy, change is never easy. But we can do it if we'll pray. If we'll pray. Don't you love him? Don't you love our bishop? Let's give him a praise this often this morning. <laughs> Cynthia loves him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Thankful for what you've done. But we're also thankful for what you're getting ready to do. In the lives of those that are here, as well as in the lives of those who are coming, I speak to the east and the west, and the north, and the south, and I call them in to this place. Come to the rightful place they need to be. Use us as mouthpieces to go forth. Father, we praise you. Glorify your name in the name that's above every name. It's the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen Amen and amen.